This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Welcome to the CBS Eye on Money show. It's Thursday, May 19th. And today we are joined by my co-host, Mark Talercio, who is going to give his um, his story of uh, why he just said to me, I can guarantee I will never, ever buy an individual stock again. Mark, what's wrong with you today? And we're recording this on the morning where I see the following headline. Well, let me just read it to you, Mark. Peloton shares fall after company posts huge loss and offers weak guidance. So shares of Peloton, I'm just going to put this out there, really have gotten crushed, okay? This is a, a, a sad story because Mark and I love Peloton. So let me just be clear about that. So the company just took it on the chin. And now let me just see where the sh- stock is trading this second. It looks like it's down by 10%. So it's trading about 12 and a half, 13. It's a new 52-week low. I believe it's now trading underneath its IPO price. So Mark, tell us about what happened with your Peloton adventure. Same thing that happens every time I mess with any individual stock. I touch it and it just goes to mush. <laughs> now, let's be clear that Mark and I, we do love our Peloton bikes. We absolutely, we love them. And so when did you think that you wanted to get involved in this stock? You didn't get, first of all, you didn't buy it when it's trading at 120 in the height of the pandemic. So when did you, when did you think you wanted to take a nibble? I bought it when it was uh, about $26 I bought it. What encouraged you to make this transaction? It's very unlike you. Well, because at that point, it had tanked. I didn't know it was going to tank more than it already had, but it had tanked. It was way down. In my eyes, it's a solid company. It's a solid product. I love it. You love it. I don't see the company going away. Uh, but since I made that purchase, you know, here we are, not that long after, and now it's 12 bucks a share. So You made this purchase uh, like in April, right? Around April-ish? It may have even, no, I think it was March. It was March. Okay. So I'm just looking at the the stock. It it does look kind of ugly. I don't think the company is going away because it has this community of people like you and me who love it. But it's so interesting. Remember the old story like buy what you know. So there you are. You bought what you knew, but you don't even you don't buy individual stocks. That's what's so weird about it. Every once in a while I get a wild hair and I'm like, oh, okay, maybe, you know, Bitcoin, Peloton. There's been a couple of others along the way. And not one of them has ever worked out. Well, maybe you want you sure you don't want to get into crypto again, you know, because now we saw Bitcoin went under 30,000. ETH went under uh, 2,400. I don't know. I'm not going to hold you to this. I just want you to know that because I think there's going to be some, you know me, I do a little market timing myself. I um, I had 
uh, made hadn't made a contribution to my backdoor Roth and I hadn't done my for my uni 401k contribution for this year 2022 and I did just say like let me I just put the money to work it so happens just so happens because I want to be clear this is by accident as I speak to you right now I bought the rock bottom low of this move however I'm sure I'm going to be proven wrong because I like you because I just was like ah you know I forgot to do this in January which is when I usually do it and I just was, oh, well, might as well do it now, 15% cheaper. But I'm sure markets will go lower. I'm sure, you know, because we are good contraindicators, Mark. We really are. I'm, I'm not going to unload it. I'm going to hold it. I'm definitely going to hold it through this year and through next year. Next year, I, I need to see what happens when the market turns around. Yeah, right. Exactly right. Listen, let's get on to this. Um, let's find out for if our listener, Jack, who's on the line from outside Boston, has ever done anything like this. Jack, have you ever purchased individual stocks? Never in my life. <laughs> just because you're scared? I mean, I like that you are. Yeah, I think I just have never had the confidence to totally trust myself to handle that. So I, I leave it to others. I wish that Mark had that same distrust of himself. But, um, you know, we all learn these painful lessons, right? We do. What, what brings you to us today? How can we help you out? Well, let me begin by just thanking both of you. I love, love, love everything that you guys do. And uh, it's just an honor to be with you this morning. So our situation is kind of interesting. Um, my wife and I live outside of Boston, as you mentioned. And pre-COVID, we both worked full time. We have two kids. And then in the summer of 2020, when we learned that our kids were going to be dealing with remote learning and being home a couple of days a week, I decided to take a leave of absence from my job as a teacher and stay home with the kids. And during that year, we learned that we really enjoyed that arrangement. And so mm -hmm. we decided to extend it for a second year. And so um, I recently decided that I'm returning to work this coming September. And one of the interesting things is that we essentially found out that we could get by okay financially just on my wife's salary for those two years. And so we're looking at this anticipated income that I'll be bringing home starting in the fall as bonus money, if you will, this additional income that we can maybe tackle some financial goals that we had been holding off on. So, Wow. This yeah. is an interesting story. So how much does your wife earn right now? So my wife, uh, she earns around 400K. Whoa, I love your wife. That's my girl. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, does she work like a maniac? She does, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. And how old are the kids? The kids are 11 and almost nine. So you're going back to work right when you they're going to turn into terrible teenagers. Are you sure you want to do this? Are you okay? And nice employer, two-year leave of absence. Yeah. So how did that work? Like, uh, are you a public school teacher or a private school teacher? I'm a private school teacher. Okay. Yeah. So no pension. Amazing. No pension, Jill. Okay. That's all right. Yep. So let's just do a few other things. How old are you guys? Sure. We're both 45. She's maxing out her 401k, correct? Correct. Pre-tax or post-tax? Um, it is all uh, pre. Okay. So traditional. Yep. All right. Now let's talk about a couple of other aspects of this. Let's just do this based on your $400,000, your wife's $400,000. In addition to that 401k, did you guys save any money on that 400 grand or not? During those two years that I wasn't working? Yeah. Well, yeah. So um, we really didn't change, you know, kind of our, our month to month spending. You know, we continued to do our savings. So for instance, we contribute to a brokerage account every month. We continued to contribute to 529. So those things continued as they had been 
you know, before mm. it stopped working. Okay, hold on. How much do you contribute to the brokerage account? Uh, two thousand a month. And how about the five twenty nines? Three thousand a month total. Wow, that's amazing. You guys are socking this away. You have an emergency reserve fund, right? We do. How much is in there? Uh, there's sixty k. Good. Tell us about the house. Sure. Um, so the house we're in, we've been here for seven years. Um, it's worth about nine hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. The mortgage outstanding is four hundred and thirty at two point eight seven five percent. It was a twenty year. It was before I started listening to you. So there's All right. there's eighteen years left. Um, okay. Mortgage. That's fine. And you're staying there, right? I mean, this is a house that you love. Well, that's one of the the things that we're considering here, Jill. And we can get into this, you know, hmm. if you want to, but. We're finding that we're starting to grow out of it just a little bit. We definitely could stay here, you know, no question about it. Um, that would be fine. But if it's an option for us, you know, we've looked at other houses. We want to stay in our town, bigger houses in town, or, you know, looking into putting an addition on this home. Okay. All right. Let's let's do a little bit more. Jack, your retirement account, I yep. know you haven't contributed lately, but what's in your, and through the school, is it a 403B or a yeah. 401K? It's a 403B. How much is in there right now? So not as much as there was last week. Um, hmm. but, Calm down. <laughs> uh, 387. Okay. That's great. And what about your wife's 401k? Uh, 222. Is there an old IRA somewhere? There is. Uh, she also has a, a rollover that has 228. I also have, you know, I, I did a uh, normal IRA this past year when I was out of work. So I, I put the 6,000 into that uh, last year. How much is in the brokerage account right now? 109. Any other debt besides the mortgage? Her graduate school loans. Uh, how much is outstanding on that? 125. Come on. Why'd you mess up my whole beautiful picture? <laughs> well, it started <laughs> at over 500. Oh my God. You're kidding. I swear. Mark, lift your chin up. Is she a doctor? She is. Yeah, of course she is. All right. Let's just do the 529 accounts. How much are in those accounts right now? Sure. Yeah. So um, those each have 45K in them. Kids are in public or private school right now? They're in public school and they, they will be through high school. Okay, good. What What's the goal for college? Do you want to try to pay for private, public? What are you thinking? Yeah. So our, our goal is to make it an option to be able to pay for four years of private. Your wife's 45. She's a doctor. I don't know what kind of doctor she is, but is she the kind of doctor that's going to have some longevity? Can she work for a while? Um. She can. Yeah. Um, you hear my hesitation there. I mean, I, I think she can. Um, and, and the goal would be or the, the expectation is, you know, to certainly work until 60, 62, 65, somewhere in that range. But, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I think okay. we'd love to scale back when it's an option. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Jack, when you go back to work, how much will you be earning? Yeah, so um, I make 100. I think that, you know, realistically after, you know, paying for benefits and maxing out my own 403B, I'll, I'll probably, we'll probably have like an extra five grand 
kicking around each month. Mark, you ready to do this whole house thing? Because I'm not happy about it. You know that. Why don't we let Mark steer the ship on the home and the renovation? So Mark, go for it. Ask him all the questions. Ask Jack and his wife, Frida, what they want to do. Well, why are you so against it? I don't know, because I feel like things are going great. Now they got to start doing this whole thing. Well, here's the question Jill would ask. Uh, What would it cost to get the house that you guys really want to be in? So I think that the interesting thing is whether we do a reno or whether we move to another house, I I think that it's probably going to cost us roughly 400K, you know, after we account for the sale of this house. um, Our our new mortgage would probably be, you know, 400,000 more than it is now. And you're saying you have to spend 400 grand on the reno itself? It's crazy, but I swear to you, we've had numerous and we're not even doing anything all that wild. But yeah, it's just, it's nuts. But that's, but that's all. What are you doing? Hold on. I've got, I have to jump in. What are you doing? You're doing a kitchen and three bathrooms and then putting on something else. What else are you doing? Well, it, honestly, it, it would probably end up being less than a thousand extra square feet, which isn't nothing, but it's, yeah, it's, it's probably a kitchen and then like a master bedroom above that and another bathroom. That's a bad way to spend money. I got to tell you. Well, that's why we haven't done it yet. Can we do something less than, I mean, it's tough to make an investment of 400 grand to get a thousand square feet. I know. It really is. So is there something we can do to make the house nicer, more livable and like scale something else in? In other words, can you do your bathroom in your kitchen and fritz the house up for 200, not 400? Probably. Yeah, probably 200, 200 and change. You know, we, we probably don't get much more additional living space with that, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a nicer. Spot. Dude, your kids are already nine and 11. Like, come on. Do they each have their own bedrooms? They do. Yeah. Are they, are they same sex or not? They are. Yep. Oh, well, let's put them in the same room together anyway. <laughs> let's make that happen. That's a good way to start fighting between sisters. Here's what I would do. I would save up to do the house stuff. Okay. You've got, you have right now, you said you had a hundred grand, 109,000 in your brokerage account. And I get that that's sort of all at risk right now, but let's just say, why don't we try to save some money and stockpile some cash in that account, right? You're going to start working. When you start working in the fall, start building up your cash. And then let's see if we can start to get you towards that $200,000 number in the brokerage account so that you can self-finance this project. And I would not do it until I had at least 200 in the brokerage, by the way, because whatever you decide to do, it's going to be more than you think. I think that's a bad trade to make a $400,000 investment in a house right now in that, like, honestly, I think you'd be better off make doing cosmetic, doing this, that, and the other thing. You already have the kids there. You're not going to be able to do any of this for a couple of years anyway. And let's see, maybe your wife continues to kick ass. Maybe that instead of making 400 grand, she'll be making 600 grand and we can accelerate this whole thing. I don't know. I don't think that it's a great idea. You're on track. You've done a great job of saving. You are saving a lot of money. Candidly, for people who make a half a million dollars a year, you have money, but you don't have tons of money given all the goals that you've laid out. Doesn't that mean of me to say that? No, Mark, we, I feel we, bad. We, yeah, no, we know. I am a dream crusher. Well, let's just do a quick balance sheet for a second, okay? Let's just let me just look. Forgetting about the house for a minute. He's got three ninety, let's just call it four hundred in retirement assets. She's got four fifty in retirement assets. So we got nine fifty. They're forty five years old, Mark. They're not like kids. You got 950 in retirement assets. You got the money that's in the brokerage. It's going to be spent. The 529 plan is going to be spent. You're doing good. You're not kicking ass. And if you want to kick ass, you limit this renovation. 
because you're going to keep chasing. You're going to, you're like these, um, you know, you're like the hamster on the wheel. You're you, if you ever want the chance to be able to say to your wife, like, you know, I want you to slow down. She will not have a chance if you're going to spend 400 or 500 grand doing this next house. There's no way. You rob yourself of that ability. So you tell me she hates her house so much that she's saying, you know what? I'm working till 65 no matter what. And you are too, by the way. And you're paying for private university. You know what? Then that's your choice. I would never make such a choice because I like options. Everybody who listens to this program knows this. I, Mark is probably, you're more in the same category, Mark. You're the one who's considering a move. As I, as I listened to this, I was just thinking, so now I'm thinking, Jill, you probably think that we shouldn't move. I don't think you should move. And I've never thought you should move. I, you've never asked me. I have. No, you didn't ask me whether you should move. We talked about moving. We talked about different areas. The only way, all right, so let's just make this about Mark for a second. So stand by, Jack. Mark lives, but Mark, you live in a much smaller dwelling than I bet Jack and Frida live in. Yeah, we're not in a house. You're not in a house. So here's the issue for Mark. He lives in a small, how many square feet is your apartment? 1,100? 1,200? 1,200. All right. He lives in a 1,200 square foot apartment with one child. I think that if you were having a second child, moving to bigger space makes sense. However, um, there are other things that are going on. Things like you are in an area where you really want to be, that your in-laws are have moved here from China to be near you. And so just moving out of the city and to a new neighborhood is a little bit dicey right now while they're aging. And uh, you do have the ability to stockpile just tons of money right now because your spouse is making so much money and you are not because you work with me, but you're making good money. You've never really asked me, do I think, do I think that you should move? Like, I don't think you should move unless there is a compelling reason to move, to just get more space right this second. uh, I don't know. It doesn't make a ton of sense to me. It's not the space. It's the neighborhood. You're done with the neighborhood. I get it. So, Jack, you live outside Boston. Did you live in the city at any point in your life? Uh, We did after we got married. Yeah. How did you feel making the move to the suburbs? You know, we we enjoy it now. We should have stayed in the city a a couple more years. (laughs) So I think this is what I think, Mark. I think that moving right now doesn't make a ton of sense. But I do think that there is there is I understand that like in the next say, call it three to five years, there are some ideas about maybe moving, but I wouldn't do it right now. So that would be my, that's my two cents. Thank you. I've spoken. Jack, should Mark move or not? Oof. Uh, I'd, I'd wait for the second kid. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. okay. So what about, so Jack, when is it that like you have to start really worrying with the kids running around? What age do you think like, would you Ooh. say was the, like would have been ideal for you to stay in the city with kids? What do you think? I, I think so long as, you know, they're not, if you want to send them to public school, then, you know, you, you got those first five years or so to figure it out. And Mark, you know where you want to send them to public school for the first five years, don't you? First five years, all the way through eighth grade. I mean, if you've got a school in your neighborhood that is through eighth grade, I don't see why you would move. That's just me. Thank you very much. We're done with this conversation. Jack, tell us about your life insurance. Do you have some? Absolutely, we do. Yes, we each have well, uh, a million bucks. Your wife probably needs a little more. Yeah, interesting. I you might say that. So, Joe, what's the priority? Saving for the renovation or whacking down the loans? I would sp- actually, you know what? No, I'm going to say the renovation. That you, it'll make you feel better. It'll make you feel better. So, if we so, have extra five thousand every month, you're saying put all of that into the brokerage account. 
let's do half in the brokerage account and half pay down the grad school loan. Do you want them invest in it or just put it in cash to pay for their innovation? Cash, 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 cash. Okay. Okay. cash. All right. So right now in your brokerage account that you have 109000 and some of that is emergency reserve, you leave the emergency reserve alone, but whatever, it's cash. And so of your 5000 2500 a month extra on the grad school and 2500 goes into cash. If your wife gets some sort of bonus or starts making a lot more money, then put the more money in the brokerage account and start looking around and start talking to people. And, you know, it's a funny thing. Um, life can change and the economy can change. So we can move from, oh, my God, it's the hottest housing market in the, you know, and all that to, oh, we're in a recession and the Fed has started to cut interest rates again. And now every builder is begging to do some work. So I think the time horizon is actually works in your favor also. I really do. How about the wills and trusts and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, those are all good. You're in good shape. I'm feeling good about it. Let us know what happens. I want to see a picture of this terrible $900,000 house that you don't like. (laughs) Thanks, Jill. Thank you, Mark. You guys are the best. If you've got a question like Jack and his wife, Frida, that's not her name, but whatever. It sounds kind of fun. Just go to our website, jillonmoney.com. Click the contact us button. That's all you need to do. And uh, you'll fill out the form and let us know if you'll come on the air. If you are willing to come on the air, Mark will do everything else. He'll tell you about buying Peloton stock. He'll tell you about his non-move out to um, uh, the the outer boroughs or whatever have you. And uh, you can make your suggestion to him and you can also call here and know that Uh, I will dash your dreams. No, I won't. I just want to make sure that we have the right priorities that are lined up. You guys make your choices, right? I'm going to make suggestions and you can make the decisions, okay? Mark, that guy, hey, Mark, is the co-host. He's the executive producer. Now you're crushing my dreams. I don't want to crush your dreams. You just, we never talked about it specifically. Okay. Mark is the co-host and the executive producer. We are distributed by CBS and we drop our episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. Try to do something nice for someone else today. Our mantra here is curiosity, compassion, and community. And we love our community. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you next week. If you like Money Watch, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Van Sant from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Survivor's back and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist, a new co-host, the winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares. Hi! Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast.